Hey, so uh, that's a whole lot better than uh, Jingle Bells and Batman Smells and Robin Lays an Egg that my kids tried to sing in the van yesterday. So, <laughs> but, I, but I am excited that we're finally bringing Christmas in. You guys ready? Ready. All right, man. I, I am. I'm ready. This is great. And uh, we're ready here at K2 as well as we're going to be talking about uh, an undone Christmas. And what happened is last year, uh, in fact, Kim Meppham, who just who leads our worship here, she actually told me that uh, she found this song last year. And hey, how y'all doing? Good to see you. Um, she actually found this song and she uh, presented it to the arts team. And when I listened to it, it was so phenomenal. But we were already deep into our planning for last year. We already had our theme set up, and so we couldn't squeeze it in. So I told uh, Shannon, who's our producer, I said, hey, next year, let's seriously consider doing our whole month around this song. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to introduce to you a song as soon as I'm done speaking here today. And the song is called All This Glory. And uh, Gloria, Gloria, all your Christmas songs, glory is just a theme that comes with Christmas. And uh, in essence, to me, I, th I really believe the definition of glory is simply it's when the actual tangible presence of God is manifest in our midst. And when that happens, everything's different. And so these are some of the words to the song that you're going to sing in a little bit. And, you're, and what we're going to do is every week for the next four weeks, we're taking an essence of this song, going to teach more deeply about it. So when you sing it, it should mean something even more than it ever would before. Here's some words. In the middle of this mess, there's majesty. In the middle of my chest is the king of kings. While the world was waiting on a change to come along, light broke in, coming like a song. All this glory in the middle of the night, all this light right here. Then it says, in the middle of the night, you are majesty. In the middle of our plight came the king of kings. While we were waiting on your love to come along, light broke in, coming like a song. All this glory in the middle of the night, all this light. Jesus, God with us, Jesus has come, and I'm undone. Jesus has come, and I'm undone. You guys, we're going to dive into Christmas uh, for these next four weeks, and it's so fun to do this. I mean, if there's ever a time for the Christian church, right, to gather together and just be amazed one more time of who it is that we follow. It's Christmas time. So this series for this month, An Undone Christmas, and that's a cool word. Um, Lad and I and Mike Rutledge, we've been, and I, even yesterday with Susie, I'm just wrestling with what does it actually mean to be undone? If you look at the definition of the word, it means to be ruined or destroyed. In its essence, if something is undone, it's just destroyed. And so I think what happens when we're undone it's like we have life going as normal, and we're pretty good at trying to manage that, right? I mean, we want to try to have control and composure over our world, so we hold things together. We have a certain way that we understand life. There's a certain way that we like life to operate. Our emotions are all held in check. That's composure. It's the state of feeling, being calm and in control of oneself. Okay. We like that. How many of you like that? Yeah, we like that. So what's interesting is you throw the word undone into that and everything unravels. You're ruined and you're never the same again. And how many of you have been undone at some point in your life? 
Okay, we've all experienced this. Like, you can be undone by something bad. So I was trying to think of the two examples for me where I most felt undone. And the first one, on the negative side, was when I got the call that my mom had cancer and she had two months to two years to live. The beginning of that day was normal. That call came out of the blue and I was undone. Emotions raveled. And what's interesting too is usually when you're undone, you kind of just fall. <laughs> There's some sort of way you just can't even continue anymore. And life is never the same. And it hasn't been ever since that day. On a positive side, I think we can also be undone by beauty and awe. And really, many times, probably the biggest way we're undone is by love, right? Like when you fall in love, something happens inside of you and you're ruined, right? You're destroyed. Your composure is gone. And, but for me, and I've shared this here before, but one of the most interesting moments for me of becoming undone was when I was praying to God, when I was considering to pursue Susie towards marriage, and I was praying to God, taking a walk out in a field in, in Montana, and I sensed God say to me in my heart, David, this is my daughter, and I love her, and I'm choosing you to be the one that I get to love her through. And I remember... In that moment, I did. I literally fell in that field, and I was done. You know what was done in that moment? My whole idea of marriage was ruined. Because marriage wasn't about, hey, can I find the right woman, and will she be the right thing for me? That was done. And, and, and so checking Susie out to see if she was going to be everything I needed her to be, destroyed. God came in in that moment, and he said, this is what this is all about. I love her, and I want to choose you to be the one I get to love her through. That destroyed me. It ruined me in a very, very good way. And for 14 years, that has been the understanding of what it means to be married. And, that's a, and it's a really cool thing. And so, and this happens when Christmas came, you guys. God, Jesus, God was with us. And so Christmas is, you read the story, and it's all about people becoming undone. In fact, that's kind of what happened. When people ran into God in the Bible, they were pretty much destroyed, ruined. He just changes things. So today, what we're going to look at in light of this song is we're going to look at what it means to be undone by royalty. And that's hard for us, right? Because we like to vote our people in and vote them out. <laughs> so this whole idea of royalty is really different to us. But here's the words in the song. It says, in the middle of this mess, anybody got a mess? There is majesty. In the middle of my chest, Rutledge is going to talk, in fact, Lad next week will be talking about in the middle of our mess, how we can be undone by hope. It's going to be a good message. Two weeks from now, we're going to hit the second one. In the middle of my chest is the king of kings, that we are undone by presence and intimacy that's so crazy. But in the middle of my night, you are majesty, and in the middle of our plight came the king of kings. This song that you're going to sing, that we're going to focus on for this month, makes one thing really clear that when Christmas came, it was a king who was born. And we're going to look at what does that mean when royalty actually comes into our midst, all right? We're going to get messed up, and it's a good thing, all right? So let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the word that you're going to reveal to us, and that's what I ask for by your grace, that you would reveal Jesus to us. God, we can't figure you out. Our perception of you is always messed up by our own thinking, our own desires. And I ask today 
would you just be gracious and merciful to us and open our eyes one more time to the wonder and the glory of Christmas and what it was to have Jesus come as king. And we just pray that you would undo us today. And I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, in Isaiah, uh, there's a lot of prophecy in Isaiah. Very amazing Old Testament book who revealed a lot to us to let the Israelites, to let the Jewish people know that a Messiah was coming. And for us now, we can look back at these and be amazed at what somebody could write hundreds of years before Jesus was born. I want to read for you one of Isaiah's prophecies. It was in chapter 9, uh, verse 6 and 7 of Isaiah. And it says this, For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Okay, can anybody else read this without feeling like, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, unto... Okay, you're not going to go with me. All right. <clears throat> but this is Handel's Messiah right here, right? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and for. Ever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And I love the New Living Translation says, the passionate commitment of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So we need to understand a couple things what was happening when this was written. Isaiah was writing a prophecy to King Ahaz, who was king of Judah at that time. The Israelites had, there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, and Ahaz was the, the king of Judah in the south. And what was happening is, there, God was trying to lead Ahaz, and Ahaz didn't want to listen. He was fearful because the Assyrians were, uh, were coming in. I mean, I'm sorry, the northern kingdom and Syria were both attacking. There were wars going on. And so Ahaz was trying to figure out how to move this, how to attack this, and the people were under oppression. And God was totally telling Ahaz, here's my wisdom, here's my guidance, follow me. And instead, Ahaz decided to make a deal with Assyria. Because when he knew, he knew this about Assyria, they were the strong ones and they were the mighty ones, but they were also their enemies. But he couldn't, it was an issue of trust, he couldn't trust God, so instead he put his trust in the Assyrians. And he made a deal with them to come in and have them fight, and sure enough, what happens? Assyria just walks right in, takes over Judah. So there's oppression. So what's happening is the Israelites are living under a king. And there's oppression going on and there are wars going on. And what you see in Isaiah is God is coming to these people and saying, listen, there will come a day when God will put an end to all oppression by putting an end to the warfare on which oppression rests. And God will bring about true freedom on this earth. And so the people are going, we need this. Our king's driving us crazy. And so he goes, how are you going to do this? Well, a child's going to be born. A child's going to be born. Christmas is going to happen. And with this 
birth. This ruler, the government will be on his shoulders. The greatness of his government and peace will never end. And he will reign with justice and righteousness forever. But what the people had to wrestle with was the description of this child. What did the the scripture say? What is he called? Wonderful counselor, mighty, what? God. Everlasting father and the prince of peace. See, so here was the prophecy right now saying, Israel, you are, you're going to have a king who's going to come. But this king is going to be divine. We're talking about the first implications of what we now believe in Jesus Christ, that there was an incarnation, that God came in the flesh through Christ. And and it's hard, it is hard for us to think about royalty, but it wasn't hard for them. They lived under kings. So they understood a king was majestic, a king had all authority, and a king was powerful. And so if you can kind of try to imagine what would happen if one came into the presence of another who had complete authority over you, it kind of caused you to be undone. And so hundreds of years go by, and the Israelites, the Jewish people, are waiting and longing, and now they're not under the oppression of the Assyrians, they're under the oppression of who? The Romans. See, these guys are struggling, so they're longing for the Messiah to come. And now we go to the Christmas story. And what's interesting is in this Christmas story, there's an announcement that a king is actually coming. And here is where we see what happens when we get undone by royalty. And what I want to show you what's so interesting in this is two different announcements. One is they announce the birth of this king to Mary and King Herod. And let's look at how different these two interactions are, okay, with Mary and Herod. The first thing that happens on hearing the announcement, they are both undone, both of them. So here's Mary's story. An angel comes and says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Sound familiar? The angel is revealing to Mary, as a good Jewish girl, she's like, oh, oh, right? So what does it say? Mary was greatly troubled at his words and and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She was freaking out. She was undone. Now, Herod is undone as well. Here's his story, Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem with him. Now, here's what's interesting. The Greek word for Mary being troubled and the Greek word for Herod being disturbed is the same word. It's this word, terasso, and it literally means to be agitated by the movement of its parts to and fro. Okay, you guys remember being undone? Isn't that a great picture? It's basically what happens is something inside of you comes apart and you're greatly agitated. You're troubled. 
It is an inward commotion that takes away the calmness of your mind. And that happened when you fell in love, and that happened when you found out that someone you loved was going to die from cancer. It's undone. So they both hear the message, and they're both undone, but their immediate reactions are really different. What does Mary do when she's troubled, when she's undone? You know what she does? She asks a question in wonder. And she says, how will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? She should have gone two more chapters in Isaiah chapter 7. Because in there he said, the child will be born of a virgin. But she's, wouldn't you women ask, um, excuse me, how will this happen? <laughs> right? But she asks a question out of wonder when she's troubled. What does Herod do? He doesn't ask a question. He starts scheming. See, because he's fearful. His troubled spirit, his being undone, doesn't lead to wonder. His troubled spirit leads to fear. So what he does is he calls in all of his guys, and he says, figure out where this king's going to be born. And then once he figures it out, he tells the magi, and then he schemes with the magi. Hey, totally lies through his teeth, right? Hey, when you find him, why don't you let me know where he is so I can come worship him? That's not what he was going to do, right? So you have two responses when you get troubled by someone of authority, this king of kings, this mighty God, this wonderful counselor, Mary's like freaked out in wonder, and Herod is freaked out in fear. And so then, they are both undone finally by their actions. Mary surrenders to the royalty. This is her last phrase. She answers the angel and she says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She freaks out. She's totally undone. She asks a question, how can this happen? And the angel says, the spirit of God will come on you. Something supernatural will take place. And she surrenders her life to the royalty, to the king. And you know what's cool? What's cool about Mary? She went on the ride of her life didn't she? She got to see things and experience things that were beyond imagination because she surrendered. But what did Herod do? He didn't surrender to the royalty. He fought against it. Here's what his phrase was. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. Can I ask you a question? Was Herod undone? He was ridiculously undone. And why was he undone? Because his life, his plan, his rule, his control was completely being threatened. He's like, you're not messing with my life. I don't want anybody to thwart my authority. I don't want anybody to thwart my control. Now, it's really easy to stand up here and kind of bash Herod, right? It's easy for, I mean, obviously, I'm not diminishing how off the charts he went. That is ridiculous. But we look at Herod and we think, what happened? But the truth is, you guys, can we all just agree? How many of us, when you've run into God and you had an encounter with God and you realize, Wow, you have way more authority. You have all power. You reign over everything. 
How many times have we freaked out and not wanted him to mess with our control? How many of you have done that? You all have. I have. I struggle with it still. This is the issue. When Christmas comes, when God's presence actually messes with you, you will be undone. And you will have a choice like Mary or Herod. Either we will be undone and we will give up our will to God and we'll say like Mary, everything that you have planned for me, do it. Isn't it, by the way, kind of cool that God has plans for you? Isn't it cool that God knows what he wants to do with your life? But that will cause you to be undone. And what's interesting is we also have the chance to respond like Herod, where we'll start scheming, where we'll start rejecting, where we'll start running away. And here's what's crazy is whenever we fight for our own life, a mess happens. I don't think any of you are going to go out and kill all the kids, but I'm telling you this, destruction is always in the wake of people who want to run their own life. So, now here's what's interesting. This is everyone's dilemma with Christmas. It's an undone Christmas, you guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ has come. Are you undone? But here's what's cool, is you and I know now what Mary and Herod had no idea of. This is the whole key, the turning point. This is what actually um, undoes us. The king of kings who came is completely different than any other king ever. Look at this verse. At the end of his life, Matthew chapter 21, it says, Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, what they were expecting was this king who would come and conquer, a king who would be powerful and mighty and bring force and destroy the Romans. And instead, I've always loved that picture. Jesus is like, I mean, and this prophecy was, you guys, this king of kings of Christmas is absolutely the opposite of any other king you've ever seen. And this, you guys, is what should undo us. John Oswald, who is a, he was actually the president of the school I went to, he wrote a commentary on Isaiah. And here's what he, listen to this. He said, when, when, when this prophecy came, he said, how will God deliver from arrogance, war, oppression, and coercion? By being more arrogant, more warlike, more oppressive, and more coercive? Isn't that one option, right? You got people who are powerful and they're mighty and they're manipulative and they're controlling. And so what you do is, well, then I'm going to be more powerful and more coercive and more controlling. Sound like any relationships you've got? So how's God going to do this, he says. Surely the book of Isaiah indicates frequently that God was powerful enough to destroy his enemies in an instant. Yet again and again, when the prophet comes to the heart of the means of deliverance, a childlike face peers out at us. God is strong enough to overcome his enemies by becoming vulnerable, transparent, and humble. The only hope, in fact, for turning enmity into friendship. This is our God. 
this is Christmas. This is the king. You guys, if Jesus was like every other king, he wouldn't undo us like he does. In fact, for some of us, maybe that's why we're not undone, is because we don't have a really clear vision of who Jesus really is. But this king, who had all authority, right? In fact, if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he had all authority over nature. In fact, one time when the apostles were undone, they were freaking out because there was a storm, right? They were scared. And then Jesus stands up and he stops the storm. And then you know what the disciples were? Undone. They were more terrified because there was someone in their boat who was more powerful than the storm they feared. See, that's how much authority he had. This king who had authority over the demonic world, physical illness, intellectual arguments, and absolute morality, that king showed a completely different kind of power. Jesus Christ had the ability to be absolutely perfectly righteous. What was the prophecy? He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. Well, what was Jesus right? In other words, you guys, Jesus could do nothing wrong. And when you witnessed him, his righteousness was always evidenced with pure, holy love for everyone. He was, he was never codependent. Isn't that awesome? He was never manipulated by anybody else. He always did the loving thing for people even when they hated it. He was able to take their abuse, able to take their punishment, able to take their criticism, and he loved them in spite of it. He was able to take them, nailing him to a cross and killing him. And while he's up there, what's he doing? Praying for them. We're talking, there is power in this king that's ridiculous. He, Jesus Christ, was purely and perfectly never for himself. Ever. He said, the world's got to learn, you guys, I love the Father, and I do exactly what he tells me to do. In other places, he says, I never do anything on my own. Never. How much do you do on your own? See how different we are than Jesus? So when he came as the king, he was powerful, all right, but he didn't come up. What was he? He was born to a peasant family. He was born in a feeding trough. He was born, right? I mean, everything about him was Nothing grand at all. He showed us a power and a strength in his kingdom that you and I need. We need this freedom. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. He came to give his life away. His power was that he was free from sin and temptation and pride. He was never trying to garner his own way. Can you imagine a world filled with people who are not fighting for their own way. Can you imagine just your own home? Oh my gosh. Would a kingdom of peace come? Yes, it would. So being undone by royalty is being undone by this crazy different king. Tim Keller in his book, The King's Cross, see how that, 
says, Jesus says this, my kingdom's not of this world. It's completely different. This is how I'm going to change things. I'm going to put others ahead of myself. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to serve and sacrifice for others. I'm not going to repay evil with evil. I'm going to over, um, overcome evil with good. I will give up my power, my life, weakness, poverty, suffering, and rejection will now be at the top of the list. My revolution comes without the sword. It is the first true revolution. And I want to tell you what, you guys, if this hasn't happened, then Christmas hasn't happened for you. Because I can just tell you, like God as a powerful God that we're all scared of, that we need to work really hard for, isn't going to change you. That's not going to undo you. Well, it will, but in a really negative way. But once you realize you have a God who came down in absolute humility, emptied himself of nothing, took on the nature of a servant, obeyed his father perfectly, submissively, to the nth degree, and died on a cross for you. See, now all of a sudden we have an undone Christmas. Now all of a sudden we have a king who's crazy different. And I'm telling you, once you know that you are loved by God, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, with all authority, who rides in on a donkey and nails himself to a cross so he could be with you, that will change everything. And so you guys, all this glory that you're going to see, all this glory was the holy, majestic creator God coming into our world and revealing to us a completely different kingdom. So, guess what happens? For us, Jesus talks about entering his kingdom. He goes, you guys, you and me, we can actually enter his kingdom. But you know why this is so hard? You know why human beings are like, I don't want to, I don't want to give on my, I don't want to be like Mary. Because if I do that, then this king, then he's a king and I actually have to follow him, which is true. Okay? So if you're going to surrender your life to this king, he actually gets to call the shots in your life. And so what happens is he goes, you can enter my kingdom. We're like, no. And we turn into Herods. And we're like, don't mess with my life. Don't mess with my job. Don't mess with my relationships. Don't mess with my sexual life. Don't mess with my finances. Don't, right? I want to be in control. And so, but I'm telling you, once you realize that Jesus says, but if you want to come into my kingdom, he goes, I'll undo you. I'll, I'll undo you. Instead of being someone who's caught in the rat race of living for yourself, I'll destroy that. I will ruin it. Jesus said, I came to destroy the work of the devil and the spiritual battle for our lives is to get us to think about this and it ruins every relationship and it destroys everything within our own peace and joy. And yet we fight for that. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> does, does this make sense to us? But this is our life. And Christmas came to undo us, to set us free so we could enter into his kingdom and that we could actually put others before ourselves, that we could actually forgive, that we could actually not repay evil for evil, that we could be undone. Praise God. It's called salvation. <laughs> Jesus came to save us from our sin and to undo it. 
And I want to tell you, so as the band comes up and you get a chance now to worship in this, let me just give you a couple thoughts for application. For some of you, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to realize if you had a goofy view of God or of Jesus, you need to realize, oh my gosh, my, my God comes riding on a donkey. My God is humble. My God didn't come to make me serve him. He came to serve me. My God gave his life up for me on the cross. My God, you guys, our God. And some of you still don't feel loved by this God. And today, even as you worship and you're here at K2, you can come and just and seek someone out and just discover this love that you are dearly loved by God. And then, for some others of us who've actually made this decision, some of us today, we just need to remember like, oh my gosh, do you guys remember being undone by the first time you ran into Jesus and the gospel made sense? Do you remember that? Oh my gosh. Scariest day of all, wasn't it? Scary as hell. Let's just be honest. To give up your life, to give up your will. But as soon as you gave up your will, what happened? You found your life. You found your life. And what I'm realizing, even in studying this this week, is I still feel, I still am like a Herod way too many days of my life. And I'm still saying, I want to be in control. And I'm still saying, I want my will to be done. And some of you today, you just need to stand before God and remember Christmas. That Jesus came to undo you from all that mess. To undo you from your anxiety. To get rid of your fear to get rid of this, this, this angst that comes in because you're so caught up in yourself, to just let it go and surrender your life again to Christ, who's your king and who loves you. So let's stand together and let's remember that all this glory of Christ is a humble glory. It's a powerful glory. It's a glory that sets us free from ourselves so we can live for him and love each other. And as you sing it, sing it with your heart and ask this king again to come today and undo you. Jesus, undo me and set me free. That's what he came to do. Let's worship him.